0: Charles Darwin's theory of natural selection states that the traits passed on are those with positive attributes for their environment. So what was Hollywood thinking when they adapted The Lawnmower Man? Natural Selection, a podcast about the film adaptations of books, the weird decisions Hollywood makes in the process, what makes an adaptation good, faithful, and less commonly good and faithful. I'm your host, Emma. As always, I use any pronouns, and today I am joined by Jory.
1: Hey, it's me. I'm Jory. I'm the only Jory. Um, If you know another one, uh, you gotta tell me or it's entrapment. Um, (laughs) I don't think you should... If if you should know any other Jorys, because it's just me, uh, you might recognize me from uh, other podcasts or streams we've done here on the network. If, you, if somehow you don't know of me, the only Jory.
0: Fantastic. Uh, and today today we are talking about the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Very notably on the film, not Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man, even though the story is by Stephen King, and we'll get into that. I think this is the first uh, episode on the show that has involved a lawsuit, Uh, and this is also our first anniversary episode. This will be exactly one year from the first episode's release, uh, which I forgot about because we were on hiatus during the strike, so the timing of it is very fun. (laughs) Honestly, I think this is going to
1: be a good one to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's an extra fun one to talk about uh, <laughs> for the anniversary. What uh, it gets into um, how how things could go uh, horribly wrong with an adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't even know horribly wrong. Just like uh, from, from the stuff I've, I've gleaned over, they just went, yeah, we're just going to do what we want. And then Stephen King went, what the fuck, dude? No. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's even wilder, <laughs> it
0: even wilder than that. It is even wilder than that. I'll figure out the right time to, to come out swinging. <laughs> I read a lot of legal documents for today's episode, listeners. It's
1: <laughs> very impressive to do that.
0: <laughs> All right, so The Lawnmower Man is a short story from Stephen King's collection, Night Shift, uh, which was, I believe, the first short story collection that he published. And per usual, I have our little uh, synopsis comparisons. So here is the synopsis for the uh, the 1975 short story. The Lawnmower Man concerns Harold Parquette, who hires Pastoral Greenery and Outdoor Services Inc. to cut his lawn. Parquette later spies on the serviceman, discovering his lawnmower mows the lawn by itself while he crawls after it naked, eating the grass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That sure does happen in the story. Yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's something. It sure is a short story from early <laughs> in Stephen King's career. Uh, and here is the synopsis of the 1992 film of the same name. The eccentric Dr. Lawrence Angelo puts mentally disabled landscaper Job Smith on a regimen of experimental pills and computer-simulated training sequences in hopes of augmenting the man's intelligence. In time, Job becomes noticeably brighter and also begins to fare much better with the opposite sex. As he develops psychic powers, he realizes that those around him have taken advantage of his simplicity his whole life, and he plots a bloody
1: revenge. (laughs)
0: So did we hear any names that were the same?
1: Um there is one name. <laughs> I'm pretty there is sure it's the
0: same thing, but in the in our synopsis, did we hear any similarities? No.
1: <laughs> uh, the fact that there's lawnmowers <laughs> is the only similarity between the synopsis.
0: <laughs> we have landscapers. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Normally I take like really extensive notes when I'm watching the film adaptation. I usually I I read everything first and then mm-hmm. I watch it so it's fresh in my mind. Uh I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> I normally have like 3 pages of notes. I have less than 1 page.
1: <laughs> so, uh real quick, I got to ask, which which cut of the movie did you watch? There's two cuts. I, I I thought the, about bringing it up and a to you.
0: Half hour one, which <laughs> yeah, I believe is I was, the director's cut.
1: Yeah, I thought about bringing it up, be like, hey, there's two different cuts. But in the off chance that you you watched the like shorter cut and didn't know about the director's cut, I thought it'd be really funny because the uh the director's cut, the main things that, thing it adds is all the stuff with the monkey at the beginning. <laughs> like really? that whole part, that whole part is just gone. From the because I've seen both cuts, that whole part is just gone. When you the regular cut, it like the the monkey gets shot and then it's dead (laughs) after escaping. It doesn't escape to Job's shack where Job thinks it's he's the superhero from the comic (laughs) books. Yeah, the cybo man.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! Literally, my my first two notes just say monkey (laughs) dot dot dot, and my second note says. Cyboman dot, dot, <laughs> <laughs> When I,
1: like, when I queued up the movie, I was like, <laughs> like, uh, d- the same as when I first watched this movie, seeing the monkey, like, in the weird 3D sphere VR thing spinning around, it's, I, I don't know how you can take this movie seriously. It's such a goofy visual.
0: <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, before we get too far into it, uh, Jory, would you like to give us a summary of the short story so our listeners who maybe don't want to take the time to read the the few pages of A Lawnmower Man will know what was supposed to happen and perhaps be aware of the lack of monkeys in it.
1: Yeah, the the short story is odd. It's about uh, a man who he's like prideful of his lawn, and he always, like, hi- he hi- he gets people – he gets, like, a, a a kid to mow his lawn every so often. Keeps it in nice shape. But after an accident where um, a neighbor's cat got uh, chased under the mower and uh, caused a gruesome sight and, like, made his daughter sick, he just kind of, like, fell out of it. And things just got, like – as time went on, it just kind of fell to the wayside until um, – He's like, yeah, I got to get this cleaned up. And then he calls a weird cleaning company that when the guy comes by, he's controlling the lawnmower with his mind. And then he's eating the grass behind it. And then when he's like, what the fuck, you got to stop. The guy just acts like it's normal. And then he tries to call the cops on the guy. And uh the the cops just show up and and before they get there the guy goes if you would have kept your mouth shut this wouldn't happen to you and then he gets uh eaten by the lawnmower and then when the cops show up they're like some maniac ran him over with a lawnmower crazy huh
0: damn that's wild
1: <laughs> and the uh i i highlighted a few passages from it in my pdf because they just Stood off, stood out really weird. Uh, <laughs> one of them being, especially because it was published in the '70s originally. It, his daughter Alicia had taken enough time to change her jumper for a pair of blue jeans and one of those disgusting skimpy sweaters. I, 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 I don't know what a skimpy sweater is supposed to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but it's such a Stephen King ass line.
1: <laughs> And then uh, later uh, describes his daughter as buxom, which is a little weird. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, the line that uh, <laughs> I find incredible. As a good Republican, he considered the Wall Street executives behind the column type to be at least minor demigods.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's <some> a <laughs> lot going on
1: which which I don't know if that's like Stephen King like having a laugh at conservatives. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting cuz his like writing starts to skew further and further away from conservative the longer <laughs> he writes. Yeah, but this yeah. is pretty early in his career so I can't tell whether it's like at that shift yet.
1: Cuz it has uh something similar where uh yeah. <laughs> Out front, the lawnmower blatted and howled. How- Harold Parquette refused to look, as if by refusing he could deny the grotesque spectacle that the Kastenmeyers and Smith's, wretched Democrats both, were probably drinking in with horrified, but no doubt righteously, I told you so, eyes.
0: <laughs> I can't believe this is the first Stephen King thing I'm covering on this fucking show. <laughs>
1: Um, you, uh, if you, if you can find some, this is, this is too, going way too off, I uh, like, to aside, but one that I think is the most interesting of Stephen King adaptations is the 2003 adaptation of Dreamcatcher, because that was the one where, if I remember right, Stephen King was, like, heavy hands-on because of movies like, uh, <laughs> The Lawnmower Man, he's like, someone's gotta get these fucking movies right. This is going to be one of those where people finally (laughs) fucking get it right. People are going to watch. It's going to match the work. It's not going to be a bad adaptation. We finally got one. And it's one of the more weird ones.
0: So going into the differences between the story and the adaptation, I'm like trying to figure out if it's easier to just like start with what is actually the same because it's almost nothing.
1: Yeah, it's like... A couple scenes. There, There is a scene where once Job gets his psychic powers, he's mowing the lawn with his, uh, with his brain. <laughs> he's yeah. just standing there doing it.
0: Because it's like, so this is not the first short story we've covered on Unnatural Selection. One of the earliest episodes, Jay and I covered uh, Drive My Car, which is like a 17-page short story turned into a three-hour movie. That's impressive. So I'm familiar with like... <laughs> Having to add things in order to make uh, your yeah. movie long enough,
1: and and uh, so I knew I there would be things added. <laughs> I haven't seen drive my car, but from the stuff I've understood, is that like part of the runtime is making you like feel the length of like the car rides and like the waiting and stuff. So like it adds part of on it, to yeah. it. It's it's not part uh... of it, yeah. But it
0: also adds on like a ton <laughs> of different stuff, which like I get. However, Drive My Car monkeys. is still focused on the same characters, whereas <laughs> yeah. the initial characters of Lawnmower Man are, like, in the background as side characters that we barely interact <laughs> yeah. with. It's like if you retold the Lawnmower Man from a different perspective and all of this shit was going on. Yeah. It's like the Midnight Sun <laughs> of... <laughs> Lawnmower man <laughs> Stephanie Meyer has rewritten the lawnmower man <laughs> From Edward's perspective <laughs> So we do still have Mr. Parkett We have Harold Parquette. They do still make him a Republican I feel like surrounded by Democrats Because everyone in the neighborhood is like Pretty chill and with the times And forward thinking towards VR and stuff And then he's an asshat <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, they've got his wife making the cool with the Kool Aid. Uh, they have made their daughter into a son so he can mm-hmm. be more relatable and play VR video games.
1: Yep, and so I, I I think to uh so so to to like really get across um where where Job is at is like he's he his intelligence is like less than this child I think is what they're like getting across too yeah, like the closest friend he has is is like the kids at the at the diner that also sells comic books,
0: yep, exactly, yeah, a bunch of the descriptions I saw of the lawnmower Man movie were like, yeah, it's more like flowers for Algernon than it is, like the lawnmower man. I'm like, man, maybe I should have read flowers for Algernon for this one also because <laughs> there really are a lot of similarities. <laughs>
1: It's I, the, I know the, the little bits I wrote is that they just, like, they had the name and then they just took another script and, like, this is what we're doing. We'll just call it Lawnmower Man. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, so, like, all right, here's the deal. <laughs> here's what I found <laughs> in my hunting. I found uh, an interview with the director, which is absolutely buck wild. <laughs> it is an interview with him from 20 years after Lawnmower Man. And this man has no awareness that he made the most batshit weird movie. (laughs) He is just like, hell yeah, isn't what we did awesome, like we took the Stephen King story and we told this story and isn't this the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen? Isn't VR the future? (laughs) He is so in his own world. (laughs) So like basically what happened is so this film company bought the rights to use the Lawnmower Man. They were holding on to it for a really long time. They sold those rights that they'd purchased from Stephen King to Allied Universal and Allied Universal was looking for someone to direct it. And this guy came in swinging and went, hey, I would love to direct the Lawnmower Man. Let's make it about VR. Hear me out. <laughs> and just like went for it. And they let him, and everyone assumes that the lawsuit is because Stephen King didn't like the adaptation, but that's not actually why he sued. Oh, Stephen King is quoted as like not giving a fuck about how good the movie is and being like, "Yeah, it was fine." Oh. His issue is that they the original cut. And release and marketing had it as Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man. And he did not want the possessive because he didn't work on the movie. (laughs) And he thought that was false advertising. (laughs) So he sued to get the Stephen King's possessive taken off. And he sued to get the based upon taken out just because... I guess he just doesn't like being associated like that with the films he doesn't actively make with his own hands.
1: Huh, interesting.
0: Cuz like when I thought about it I'm like, yeah, you don't see like Stephen King's The Shining on the on the Kubrick movie. It's just The Shining.
1: That's true. Isn't that isn't that one that he he doesn't like cuz they did like a mini series mm-hmm. of and that was one he's like they're going to adapt my book correctly this time
0: yeah <laughs> what a guy
1: yep yeah. <laughs> what well, what's funny is uh that that interview lines up with the director because would you believe this isn't the only virtual reality uh techno thriller he's directed <laughs>
0: That doesn't surprise me one fucking bit. This is, like, his muse.
1: Three years later, he made the movie Virtuosity, which is about Denzel Washington fights with Russell Crowe, who is a, like, AI VR being who has the, the, who exists from, like, the combined personalities of a hundred over 150 serial killers. And when you see the, like early in the movie, when you see them, the like entity being like Russell Crowe being created, you see like a flash of the computer. and It's flipping through photos of, of like Ted Bundy. Then it goes like Stalin, then to Hitler (laughs) to get, to really get across. They like downloaded all these people into one single digital being. And the movie is, uh just as ridiculous as lawnmower man but without the effect of this is based off of a stephen king short story
0: i really i was watching it and i was really going back and forth on like i had the moment of man i wish i'd popped an edible before this but also oh god i'm (laughs) glad i didn't pop an edible before this like oscillating (laughs) back and forth between which would have been worse
1: I I think it would have made uh the majority of the movie uh, better, but the towards the end when they get to the, like those weird VR sequences, uh, <laughs> that would put, give you like a nightmare coma.
0: Yeah, but right so the lawsuit, so the appeal. I read through the a- appeals case because Allied Universal appealed against Stephen King for this lawsuit after Stephen King won and got his name taken off and got the based on taken off. Uh, and Allied Universal argued in the appeal that, hey, no, it is based upon. You gotta be correct. You gotta admit that it is based upon. Uh, and they did win their appeal for that. Uh so the the court did not overturn removing Stephen King's, the possessive, from the title, but they did approve reversing the prohibition of the based upon credit. <laughs> And this was, uh, argued August 10th, 1992, decided October 1st,
1: 1992.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. So this was, like, a few months after the movie came out <laughs> that they finally settled on everything.
1: That that would make sense, because so much of, like, when you look up promotional material or stuff, it still has, like, just all that stuff in there.
0: <laughs> exactly, Yeah. So that's ridiculous, but I think it's even more ridiculous that Stephen King was like, "I mean, I don't care what they did with the adaptation. I just don't want them to, to put me directly there <laughs> yeah.
1: it's uh the 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 like whole concept of yeah we we got Pierce Brosnan uh he's looking very yeah, hungry Pierce Brosnan's hunky, by there." The way. I don't. I don't know if you were thinking that, but Pierce Brosnan is looking pretty hunky in this movie. He, uh, um, Pierce
0: Brosnan is looking <laughs> extremely hunky and very fruity in this movie. Yeah, it, it's this movie's from '92, like, and he's got the one earring. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's it's odd because uh, pe- most people think he was a, he was in James Bond like after this, like, <laughs> which is weird because I think that the like the way he is dressed in this movie and looks I think fits him more than the like suit. Uh clean cut, (laughs) James Bond does for him.
0: Yeah, he was thriving in this movie, honestly, (laughs) as much as anyone can. They made they made him and Joe both pretty fruity. Yeah. Oh, that
1: that was there was something about the opening
0: costuming of like in the monkey scene of like the half unbuckled overalls with the neon pink sweatshirt. Yeah. I'm like if I go to the gay bar up the street from me there's going to be at least <laughs> 3 people wearing that outfit. <laughs>
1: um, and one of them's going to be me.
0: Like <laughs> yeah.
1: Another thing that the uh director's cut adds is in the original cut um when Pierce Brosnan's wife, girlfriend, whatever she's supposed to be to him, like leaves. Yep. She she like leaves him instead of going out for the night. She just like leaves him and doesn't come back for the rest of the movie. So we don't. In that cut, also does not have the scene where Job uh where takes she gets over Stepford her wives. To... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As her blast federal agents. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> The director's cut is so weird, both from what it adds in, but also from the fact that it even says at the start of it, like, hey, just so you know, we filmed some of these scenes with different camera angles, so there's going to be some really (laughs) jarring cuts. (laughs) Like, hey, man, maybe those were removed for a reason.
1: Yeah. There was uh, multiple times when I was watching it, too, on my TV where I just saw, like, the aspect ratio fix itself. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, clearly, uh, you're not working to match it. It makes it very distracting. <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, God, what a film. <laughs> what a <laughs> thing I
1: watched. <laughs> it's. Uh, you know. He it tries was... to
0: teach the monkey religion. <laughs> <Yeah>. Very briefly.
1: <laughs> yeah, because cause Job has the the weird, like. He he has uh like religious guilt beaten into him, so he tries to <laughs> teach the monkey religion, and <laughs> be, because of that, later he he gets revenge on the priest once he once he's like yep. smarter.
0: Yeah, and there's like a, it's got like the the child abuse church. Thing going on in that reveal but it like barely touches on it at all so yeah. it feels really jarring <laughs> everything in this movie is jarring <laughs> the special effects are wild also they have like no budget so instead of like doing animation and stuff they like reached out to actual like coders and people like making computer programs to be like you wanna make something for us?
1: <laughs> and, because uh, it's by cheaper than animators. Mike Fair said Toy Story came out three years after this. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh it, it it helps for the movie. I think if the movie was made a few years later when they got the like hang. Of doing CG stuff like that, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. as terrifying as it is in this movie, and I I think it would be honestly less effective. Like when yeah, he, I think the uh... fact that it is
0: horrific and jarring is kind of effective. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like would he um, be- because he sees the uh the the like one like rich lady who's divorced uh, and as the the guy who employs Joe puts it, is just like. She's she's rich and single and wants to bang a young dudes. Oh, yeah. I, I don't blame the, her. She's a
0: widow. <laughs> she's a widow and she's having a great time with it. Yeah.
1: When he yeah, uh, like, when...
0: yeah, ever since her husband died, she's been having fun.
1: <laughs> and she he Job uh takes her to the machine <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> tries to have VR sex with her? I don't know what yeah. they're doing exactly the but the articles it puts I was looking at coma? was
0: talking about how it's like one of the first instances of cyber sex in media. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where <laughs> they're spinning oh, it's, around. This is innovative in, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> they're spinning around in the weird machines, and then when it cuts to yeah, they're in like the a human space. gyroscope. <laughs> yeah. When it cuts to the digital space, uh, she's like her virtual avatar is like getting trapped under like water or slime. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And it puts her into a coma.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Her brain just like gets fried (laughs) by the VR.
1: And this is in, this is in a movie that starts with again, a monkey breaking free from a facility. And then later, uh, it, it's all to like because uh, Pierce Brosnan is working with some secret government project to increase something for soldiers. And he, after the monkey breaks out, and then they shoot and kill the monkey, he's like, "I'm gonna test it on the uh, the lawnmower man, the the guy they call the lawnmower man because he's always works on people's landscapes." And
0: yeah, they're like trying to raise the intelligence and the aggression level Yeah, of the soldiers is what they're doing with the monkey. So when he tries to test it on Job, because he's like, no, I just want to raise the intelligence. Do you know what we could have done with that monkey if you hadn't made it angry and try <laughs> to kill people?
1: Yeah. So he tries
0: to like do that to Job in secret without the angry making chemical. But uh-oh. In, uh...
1: <laughs> once, once he starts taking him to the facility, they gotta break him. And I, I love there's a fun detail when uh, they start doing it in the basement. When he opens up the the like fridge to get the. What whatever the serum is that he injects into him, it's also mi- like just mixed in with beers. <laughs> he keeps the same stuff yeah. in the same fridge. Nice little character detail, He's for really Pierce Brosnan. having a
0: normal one. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's having such a normal one this entire movie, <laughs> yeah. just sitting there with his whiskey and his tape recorder and no shirt. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Wondering about the implications, like he's Steve Shemmy and Spy Kids yeah. too. Yeah.
1: with very like sensual lighting on him, it's like sh- it's mm-hmm. very dark, but it but it's perfectly illuminating his chest and like giving him great like lighting on his face for just a nice like making him look real hunky while he's pondering mm-hmm. <laughs> his horrifying mm-hmm. human experiments. Yeah.
0: It's such a there's so much movie per movie yeah <laughs> i have like at least three notes that say there's still over an hour yeah. <laughs> i do also want to put out my favorite line in the whole thing there's a lot of really bonkers lines throughout this entire movie but at one point the kid says "Dudicle!" <laughs> and i need to work that into my vocabulary <laughs> yeah.
1: it, it it's very uh written by an ancient old man who thinks he knows how children talk cuz he <laughs> because he was he went to the ball once <laughs>
0: <laughs> do do we want to talk about the one part that actually is akin to the book
1: yeah why not
0: <laughs> when it finally reaches this point in the movie It is like two full hours in almost.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: To the point where I gasped out loud (laughs) when I realized what was happening because I was like, it's actually the short story! It's happening! I was so thrilled that there was any semblance of recognition. <laughs> it takes so long to get there, everything. But,
1: but you know, you, you do get to see him control a lawnmower with his brain.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. And like the telepathy, very Stephen King. This man does love telekinesis. <laughs> there's no satyrs involved, there's no eating the grass.
1: Yeah, the that's the that's the other thing. I I cuz it's like such a quick thing in the short story. It's implied that it's like a weird like devil cult that came to Beau's lawn and not an actual like lawn mowing company. Yeah, like it's interesting cuz the story like everyone assumes that
0: the lawnmower is being telepathically controlled also because that's just how Stephen King usually writes stuff, but with the yeah. weird satyrs like I think the implication is actually supposed to be that the lawnmower is moving on its own.
1: and it is red like the devil
0: yep (laughs) and it is red like the lawnmower in this movie yeah
1: in fact it's like that that's something that i think they they were trying to do there but it's not said enough like it could have just done a quick line of like
0: definitely trying
1: that, that, um, I think that the implication with him also being called the lawnmower man is that he, has, he's like, it's the, uh, bat, like idiot savant trope thing of like, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's good with mechanics and like working on lawnmowers. And it's just a very quick thing of, oh, I finished that super cool lawnmower I was working on. I'm going to try it out now. And then, uh, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't even like, you'd think that would even give Pierce Brosnan go, Oh, he has, maybe he has the capacity for this experiment we're doing on or something. No, he's just like, and well. It's just completely this will be separate to
0: give him an excuse to have the lawnmower later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what really, like, throws me off about this section isn't just that it, like, sort of becomes the accurate story for a second, it is, like, shockingly accurate. Like, all the things the cops say the next morning are word for word with the cops saying the story. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, so you did do the assignment, technically. Yeah. (laughs) Technically, the adaptation is here, which is insane.
1: (laughs) And, And even then, they still added on the thing of, like, in the short story, I don't get the idea that the, like dad is abusive per se he's just like yeah just kind of like uh he's just a middle-aged like dad but they they go to Mm -hmm. great like like immediately when the dad's introduced he's like screaming and smacking the kid and Mm -hmm. like we see him regularly like yelling in the house and because job is friends with the kid he's like i gotta gotta uh help out my friend and (laughs) yeah the the, like It, it it feels like an inclusion too that they might have wanted to cut, but then like ah fuck, then we can't say it's the lawnmower man. We can't say it's based on the lawnmower man. We'll li- we'll lose that lawsuit. Then that, that, the appeal that's going on.
0: It's wild. It's like it was a scene that they did kind of want to do, but also I feel <laughs> like they had there had to be other versions of this script because it also feels like at the start of the movie they're setting up for Pierce Brosnan to have an affair. With Mrs. Parquette. yeah, after his girl of vague relationship leaves him,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but they never really do anything with that,
1: yeah <laughs> especially the like directors cut stuff it it um it just it just kind of like bloats up the movie in a way that like mm-hmm. uh the other like I know the other scenes that it adds on is the uh biker looking guy uh harassing job mm-hmm. who adds in like additional scenes of that before later in the movie he goes in the cyber world and uses um the uh a cyber lawnmower to lawnmower his brain <laughs> mm-hmm. yep
0: <laughs> which what a visual <laughs> yeah
1: which it, it it is it is impressive to me that with those uh the weird CGI graphics it does kind of look like Jeff Fahey. <laughs> they they do make it look enough like Job that you can tell that's who it's supposed to be.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so nice. <laughs> also, just like the way they imply him getting smarter is so funny because there's like something about him getting smarter also just makes him jacked <laughs> yeah
1: because <laughs> yeah before he's like he's wearing like lo- really big loose-fitting clothes so like visually it could imply that he he's like he might be like chubby or something like that and then as he starts getting smarter he he wears like tight-fitting he wants to dress like a cowboy for some reason yeah <laughs> cowboy boots a
0: white cowboy <laughs>
1: Like that—that that would make sense to me if the comic books—if he was reading like cowboy comic books or something—and yeah, not just... if
0: he was reading like Western comics and not just sci-fi stuff. Yeah, he's reading like fantasy Transformers.
1: Yeah, and then he starts to like mow the lawn, uh, while being jacked and shirtless, and always glistening with sweat, perfectly. <laughs> the uh... <laughs> the scene where he can the. Read minds. Uh, yeah, he, part of his like of his, he starts to like read minds even and he like start and he can also when he can read minds, he can also put his thoughts into other people's heads. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot going on here and it really is operating on vibes for the most part, which is yeah. why it feels so jarring when it suddenly does actually become an adaptation of the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> the dialogue sounds extremely different. Because they're yeah. actually <laughs> quoting the story, so the way characters are starting to talk is just so different from how they've yeah. been written the entire rest of the thing.
1: It, it because they're talking from like
0: nineteen seventy five suburbanites. <laughs>
1: yeah, it switches from like being being surrounded by so much like weird uh, philosophical uh, techno babble from Pierce Brosnan and just uh, like like weird. Uh, the guy he works for talks like, I don't like a comedy character, like a comedy redneck almost. <laughs> and then, yeah, just like, yeah, we're just a, uh, this is a spot where we remembered we're adapting a short story. <laughs> and then we yeah. got that out of the way. So now it's time to go back to, he's going to take over the entire internet and the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to talk about this movie in the context of this show because it's like we've done it. We've talked about <laughs> yeah. the adapted part. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird VR sci-fi movie with an adaptation stapled in two hours into it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I, because I don't, I don't know how I watched it originally that I got the uh, theatrical cut. Because I went looking around for it, and it seems everywhere just has the director's cut, unless maybe you buy yeah, like a find. home release or something, but if you want it on like streaming or a digital purchase or something like that, you're just going to find uh the director's cut,
0: which is wild because it's not a good director's <laughs> cut <laughs> it's why is this movie so long, Jory? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's why I'm so, like, the, the, between the two versions, sometimes like director's cut, you get like more information that makes sense or like adds on to something and kind of just extends scenes that make sense. This one is mm-hmm. just it just makes the lo- movie longer. You get more weird stuff, but it doesn't make it like better. Hmm.
0: You just get a lot. <laughs> but again, this director is like so in his own world. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, clearly he is, because he made his own little VR world. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, it, it's funny, too, because there's a, uh, a like, 12-minute short film from the 80s that is just a direct adaptation of the short story. Like, mm-hmm. beat by beat, like, it matches it perfectly. <laughs> I I watched it earlier today, and it was just like, yeah, it's just (laughs) like, you read the story, then you watch, it's like, yeah, it's the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the Lawnmower Man. (laughs) You watch this, and you go, well, well, I mean, technically, that is the Lawnmower Man. (laughs) Yeah. It is in there.
1: I want to know if they, like, at some point, they're like, we gotta fit in the eating the grass somewhere, but they just, uh... Maybe there's, like, lost footage somewhere of Joe eating the grass. That's such, like, a, a visceral detail in the short story of he's eating the grass, and, like, when he talks to him, He's he has, like, green juice dripping down his chin. He's like, yeah, I'm almost done <laughs> mowing your lawn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like you could do a very cool, long adaptation of the lawnmower man where you build up to it more. But that's not this. <laughs> no. This this is his own guy.
1: And uh, to to make it even more confusing as an adaptation, they made a sequel. I don't know if you uh saw much on the sequel.
0: <sighs> I I saw that it exists, and when I'm not strong enough,
1: I watched it again. I've watched both. <laughs> I've watched it for a second time, <laughs> and let me tell you. <laughs> <Shit. laughs> <laughs> <Okay, shit, Jordy. laughs> that like. I I, can, I get like I I think if you're like curious about the movie in any way it it's kind of interesting if you can track down the like shorter cut of the lawnmower man give it a mm-hmm. watch it's it's kind of fun um the the uh, the weird the like bad uh, computer generated graphic scenes are funny. Um, It's interesting seeing uh, the way they try and get across using VR to teach uh, Job stuff by just flashing ancient runes and sigils into his brain while he plays computer games. Makes him super smart. But uh, the sequel, um, the only returning character and actor is Peter, the, the kid. He plays... The same character, and the movie is like a Blade Runner cyberpunk dystopia. <laughs>
0: cool.
1: The movie opens up with replaying the like final scene of the first movie, uh, and then oh, goes no. into like a court case, uh, about like something with a computer chip, and then it cuts to uh, a like four or five years later where the kid is homeless living on the street without his mom or anything and like quick references to the movie they go into like a cyberspace vr world which vr has come a long way to where it looks just like real life and while he's adventuring Mm -hmm. around in vr job appears to him now played by uh matt frewer uh or max Headroom. And it becomes another, like, cyber adventure thriller movie uh, where the movie ends in a, like, medieval sword fight between Job and the uh, replacement for Pierce Brosnan with another just technology guy who, like, went off to live in the desert and then they recruited him. Uh, <laughs> there's just, like, a quick okay, scene of, cool. like... He's like, Job, it's you. And then Job makes like a red lawnmower. He'd be like, yes, it's me, the lawnmower man from the last movie. Uh, now that we've gotten that out of the way, it's a completely different movie. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, they really once again went, great, we're going to make this movie. It's a completely <laughs> different movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: Done. It uh, it does have the only reason to watch it, and you could turn it off after this point, which is maybe 10 minutes in, uh, while they... They all say jack in in the movie a lot because you jack into the internet. And uh, yeah. after the all the kids like go into the internet, they're communicating with the dog outside. And then they tell the dog to upload their like, cyber bike program. And then you see a cute like dog put a computer disc into a disc tray and close the disc tray with his paw. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> and then you can turn the movie off. <laughs>
0: Okay, so super intelligent monkey has been replaced by super intelligent pet dog. Yeah.
1: They also explained away a new actor for Joe by being like, Well he got like facial reconstruction surgery after he got a- exploded in the first movie. What do you <laughs> what
0: do you mean? Yeah. He was just a consciousness.
1: Yeah. They, they His ignore body that too. Was they, gone. they they ignore that part too, that he just existed in the digital space. <laughs>
0: His body got mummified. He got slurped. Yeah. He got juiced like a melon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I don't even know where to go next <laughs> In this adaptation. Did, uh,
1: did, did you enjoy the
0: movie? <laughs> it was an experience, certainly. Um... <laughs> I definitely can't say. (laughs) I think I had a similar experience watching this movie that I did to watching Cats.
1: (laughs) That's a good comparison. (laughs) Um, It's just things are happening.
0: uh, I did pregame Cats with my mom, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which was the correct way to see it in theaters. God, uh, yeah, so it's the kind of thing where I was like, wow, I'm truly having an experience here. <laughs> I feel like I would like to subject someone else to this movie.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: This is my version of The Ring. <laughs> I-, I need to inflict it upon somebody else within seven days.
1: <laughs> it's that's a, The first time I watched it was on my, like, Friday movie nights with friends, and it's it was a treat. We want, I I do wish we would have watched the director's cut just because, like, we were losing it already about the monkey. And whenever (laughs) monkeys show up in movies, we like we get very excited because, uh, (laughs) whenever you have a monkey in the movie, you know it's a good time. I'm convinced Ronald Reagan wouldn't have been elected if he wasn't in so many monkey movies.
0: The monkey propaganda. Yeah, yeah. That it, it is very much like I just watched it in like the middle of an afternoon, <laughs> before going to rehearsal, sitting there eating my grilled cheese, uncertain <laughs> of what I was going to get into. I believe you that sent me to... a message that said I apologize in advance <laughs> right before I started it.
1: Yeah, because like I had watched it right b- night before, and I was like, oh, I forgot about a bunch of this stuff. I was uh, when I was watching the movie, my <laughs> girlfriend was out uh, with some coworkers, and when it got to the point of the like widow teaching Job how to kiss and like make out, I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't no. come home right now. This will be hard to explain. <laughs> 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 this will make me look real yeah, weird. That is
0: <laughs> such a scene. <laughs> She's just like, damn, I'm into cowboys. <laughs> I yeah, will teach yeah. you how to make out. Here's what tongue kissing is, <laughs> yeah. you grown man who doesn't know this because <laughs> you had not the brain cells until recently. Yeah, it's the fa- no one questions what's going on.
1: No, there's everyone's like very little just like,
0: like good for job.
1: Yeah, everyone's like, wow, he's getting smarter at uh, at the. At the uh... Science facility place, they're just like, cool, uh, we gotta keep this going so we can uh sell this to Dean Norris, who wants it for some reasons, we're not sure why, just that it'll be helpful for the government. Mm-hmm. Um, see- seeing what happened it's... to him, I can't uh imagine having a bunch of uh Jobs working out well if they just uh go into cyberspace. Well, the
0: thing is. They like, they do this big reveal that secretly they have been giving him the aggression serum once he started <laughs> yeah. being in the facility. Because it's like the movie didn't want you to be like, no, 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 no. being smart and being in VR is good. It's not the VR that's making him evil. <laughs> yeah. Because this guy's super pro, the director is so pro VR that he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> VR's fine. This is a tool for humanity. They gave this man be angry juice and that's why he (laughs) wants to use it to destroy everyone
1: (laughs) i know uh one of the uh, imdb trivias is that this is this was a david koresh's favorite movie (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) good sign (laughs) yeah the uh that i think that's the message of this movie uh that playing video games makes you smart I think yeah. that's what they got from that. And I think that's what Stephen King was trying to say uh, almost 50 years ago now when he first wrote yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In
0: 1975, The Lawnmower Man was all about video games making you smart. So true.
1: <laughs> the uh, to, to add to, y- y- on top of the stuff with the sequel, there's uh, the video game adaptations of the movie because that okay, time is that time of uh, video games mm-hmm. the video game adaptation of the movie has a sequel that's unrelated to both the 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 movie the movie sequel or the short story <laughs> it's a uh, i started th- the ship of theseus wouldn't be the way to uh <laughs> to describe it but like how many degrees of separation can you get what but it's still technically an adaptation. (laughs) Like, how far down can you go?
0: (laughs) This is, like, such a good, like, example of that because it is very much still technically an adaptation, but it's so off the rails where it's, like, there are other adaptations of things that people think of as, like, better adaptations that are still, like... Way further from the original story. Yeah. Like a lot of what we think of with like like the The Little Mermaid is so far off from the original. <laughs> but we still think of that as like, yeah, Disney's adaptation of The Little Mermaid. So what is it about this movie that makes you go, What do you mean that's not the Lawnmower Man, <laughs> even though it technically very much yeah. is? <laughs> um are are there any other aspects of it that you want to talk about? Otherwise, I think we can get into our wrap up questions a little early, uh, just because of the nature of the the
1: movie. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> not really. I I think I like because the main things I, I just I gotta bring up with this movie is just the like the stuff with the monkey at the beginning, <laughs> just so. And because of <laughs> the like stuff with how the monkey
0: much... is a lot. We see a lot from the monkey's perspective too. So and we gotta emphasize that the that monkey has up. like VR
1: glasses, because that—that's the whole like the first like twenty minutes or conceivably like the first <laughs> act of the movie is just the monkey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's just wandering around, and there's like never any consequences for it either. They're like now, no. like the 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 priest is like, "Job, don't you mention this to anyone ever." <laughs> And <laughs> nothing comes of it at all.
1: And, and Pierce Brosnan is upset that they killed the monkey, but uh, in the in the like regular cut, when they shoot the monkey as it's escaping, you can infer that it's probably dead. They mm-hmm. probably got him. Not that he escaped and had <laughs> a continuous adventure. <laughs> it's it's just like a fascinating movie that like. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it just makes me think of, like, the way... Because I think about it a lot, especially with 90s media. It's just, like, just pre-the internet. And there's so many mm-hmm. things made that if the internet existed then, they would not be have made the way they were. Like, uh, Power Rangers. Like, if the, the internet was around, you could go immediately... Well, they're taking footage from a Japanese television show and filling it in this is weird and it probably wouldn't catch on or like a lot of like anime dubbing things like we'd see oh they're changing mm-hmm. a bunch of this stuff for the western release they're getting rid of the lesbians and uh sailor moon and making them related and making scenes seem really weird as a result uh and then you look at like more uh recently with like when they released the first sonic the hedgehog trailer and everyone's like What the fuck is that? Because people can go online and, like, see it before it's out and be like, hey, what's happening here? You guys, this needs to Mm -hmm. be fixed. And then they fix it before it can become uh, a nightmare like this movie is. (laughs) I think if we saw, uh, like, (laughs) teaser clips and, like, leaked, like, (laughs) set photos and stuff from the movie pretty quickly, I don't think it would go like this. (laughs) I think if, like, the general public saw the, like, uh, dailies and stuff, (laughs) they'd they'd go, hey, hold on.
0: (laughs) Because it's not like we uh, didn't get that back then, but it's more controlled when it's, like, paparazzi and tabloids and reviews and magazines. (laughs) It is much more, like, catered and there wasn't as much of a precedent. Like, uh, one of the articles I was reading talks about how, like, when it comes to the animation with this, Terminator 2 had just come out. And that was really, like, the first instance of people seeing the CGI. And at the time, people were like, wow, this is really good animation. The animation for this is crazy. Um, And that's what they were, like, like trying, kind of used. They used the success of Terminator 2 to be like, hey, we can do this for Lawnmower Man. Even though they had (laughs) a a dribble of the amount of budget that Terminator 2 had.
1: And because of the way that uh, Terminator 2 uses it, it's just very lightly. Is that it doesn't it it doesn't look great today, but it doesn't look like you don't look at it like you do this and go, holy shit, that looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a little bit. <laughs> and like Jurassic Park <laughs> was a not year a later, third of and the that's movie. another movie that you that heavily like big Hollywood production that heavily used CG for like the T Rex and stuff. And Jurassic Park still looks really good. <laughs>
0: This will be a future episode. Jurassic Park, I have too much knowledge for, so I have to wait to do this one because it's going to be like four
1: hours long. Because it's it's another one because that, uh, speaking of uh, Michael Crichton, uh, I don't know if... I, it'd be hard to commit to reading the book because I know his books are giant, but the, I know the Congo adaptation is also insane.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. Let's go. Yeah, this is just such a fascinating case study on what is technically an adaptation. <laughs> yeah,
1: how far can you go with it?
0: Yeah, because it is, <laughs> but like, not at the forefront. It is an adaptation, but the adaptation is a side story.
1: Yeah, this I wonder too if this has the... um. This is something I've brought up on like podcasts and stuff before, but I, <laughs> it still feels like something I shouldn't tell people. Uh, I wonder if mm-hmm. people have the same experience with this that I had with playing a uh, Bioshock. Uh, where mm. I played through Bioshock, it's like this movie's awesome, this this game's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna read about it, and I see it was inspired by like Atlas Shrugged and Ayn Rand, and I went, oh, I'm going to read Ayn Rand, and then I I started re- as like a 12 year old. Now this is a very <laughs> dangerous thing. This could have uh, ruined my <laughs> life permanently. But after getting to this this isn't about people get like injecting themselves with superpowers, this sucks. <laughs> I I wonder yep. if like there was like there had to have been like some kids because this is also prime uh I think of it like your friend shows it to you out of sleep over when you're eleven because he thinks it's the coolest oh, for thing sure. ever. Uh, it, there had to have been plenty of kids who saw this. It's like It's based on a story. I got to read the story. And then they read it and like, what the fuck is happening? The I mean, guy's naked eating grass? It? What? Where's where's the VR? Where's the monkey?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I had an experience like that recently because I went to go see the boy and the Heron, the the new Miyazaki movie. Yeah. And it is technically based on a book. And I came out of that show and going, I'm not sure what I just watched. And I Googled the book and nothing that happens in the book happens in that movie. <laughs> God. So I guess that does bring us to our wrap up questions, which will be very <laughs> fun to answer and almost yeah. like a philosophical question this time around. So our first question is, how faithful is it? Is it a faithful adaptation?
1: Uh, you know, there's there's one scene that is.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I know, because usually I'm like, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how faithful is it? But do, can we rank it on just that scene? Because that scene is like, dialogue is the same. Order of operations is the same. They got the lawnmower destroying the carpet before it eats the man. They got him yeah. jumping over the table. They've got him spilling the beer. But there's no Seder. <laughs> there's just Job. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how how faithful would you say this adaptation is, Dory? Uh,
1: you know, I feel like I could give it like a three. <laughs> 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 there's enough in that scene that you do get a red law you get a lawnmower you get a guy called the lawnmower man <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny because i think if i was looking at like just the scenes that are actually adaptations of it i would give it probably more like a five because they do make some changes. There's, there's no seder. They make this the daughter a son, that sort of thing. But when you take it in context with the entire rest of the movie, I think yeah, you're right. It brings it down to a three. <laughs> Our next question is: Is it a good adaptation? Do they use the medium well?
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> vaguely. I would say if if you want something that's and, and I I know this is like um. Uh, uh, a, a, this is a little bit more of a difficult one because you watch, like, watch the nineteen eighty seven short film. It's like, it, it's just a direct adaptation to the point of being like, well, yeah. I just I just saw it happen instead of reading it. That um, for for the parts that are of <laughs> the actual story, kind of. For as a as a whole, uh, you're going to be completely <laughs> lost for the majority of the film. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating because it does add stuff to it, but it adds a lot of stuff to it.
1: <laughs> it adds so much that it's like, is it even the same thing? Which that that mm-hmm. that core piece is still there. Mm-hmm.
0: The ship has not entirely been replaced. <laughs> There's still the lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a hard one. I'd give it maybe, like, a four or a five. Which feels high, but also... (laughs) Like a four. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, like, it does do things with it. It does utilize the film medium (laughs) in a way that you can't in the story. (laughs) Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, And then, finally, my favorite question. Is it a good movie? Uh...
1: See, this is a <laughs> this is a hard one because I, I think the movie is a fun watch <laughs> if you watch the especially if you watch the shorter cut. I think watching wait like like I did and wait like two and a half years in between <laughs> watching the regular <laughs> cut and the director's cut if you gotta. Um, and, and related because it's it's one of those things where I I I'm someone who likes the the so bad it's good movie All, for 4 pl- 4 years and a couple months now my friends and i have watched uh we just like pick out movies that we th- think or we've seen through like podcasts and like tv shows and stuff have said that they're like so bad they're good and where a lot of the fun comes from is like the absurdity of it and like mm-hmm. or 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 like like this has just an absolutely ridiculous premise going into it and the fact that it's an adaptation makes it even more wild um <laughs> and on that end i think it, it's it's a fun watch if you want like a techno cyber thriller it's kind of interesting um if you're not into either of those kinds of things i don't know how much you'd get out of it, it it's a it, especially the shorter cut. I don't think it drags too much. Um, there are with the longer cut, it does feel like, uh, so much has happened. And then you're like, Oh, there's still this much movie left. How can even more things happen? They got to wrap it up <laughs> soon.
0: Yeah. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I'd watched the shorter cut.
1: <laughs> it's a, uh, sometimes the director is wrong. Uh, Sometimes the
0: director is wrong, (laughs) even if he is completely oblivious to it. Yeah. Which, like, I I love that. I love, I wish I had the kind of confidence that this man has.
1: Absolutely. And knowing that about him really elevates, like, this movie to me because that's the, like, (laughs) key piece of the kind of movies I watch because, like, the The Room and Birdemic are, like, some of the top like so bad they're good movies. Mm-hmm. And the thing the thing with the room is like Tommy Wiseau set out to make he thought he was making like a dark drama about like love and stuff and then when it started to become people going to see it cuz it was so bad that it was like funny, he pivoted and is like no, I always meant to make a comedy. Haha. But mm-hmm. y- no, knowing especially from like stories from people on set knowing like what he was going out to make and he was completely oblivious to it until way later make like elevates it more or like birdemic like his thing is like yeah i i don't i i think what i made was good uh for what i had going on and it really like because of uh what what's there, it it feels very goofy. Cause like the the limitations there, and this guy uh seems to just he loves virtual reality so much that he, he loves has it to, so <laughs> much. He's he got the like script and he he got the name. He's like fuck this. We <laughs> I I gotta just. Have you seen these these computers? Have you guys heard about computers? Because. What I'm about to show you with this movie is (laughs) it's going to blow your mind. The best
0: part is he's not like, here's what we're going to do instead. He's like, yes, I love this. Here's how we're going to add to it. Which I think is even better than like trying to force his own thing while still meeting the requirement. Like all his interviews, he's like, yeah, I was so excited to make this. Like Stephen King, like blah, 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 blah. We got to do this with it. And like, we got to add. And I'm like, buddy... You made a different movie. <laughs> These aren't the same like you think they are, but like sick. <laughs> God. Yeah, so what's your, your one to ten? Uh
1: I give it I give it a seven because that's what I have on Letterboxd is a three and a half. And I think even watching the director's Perfect. cut, it's a three and a half to me. Um the sequel, like I said, don't watch until you see the dog put the <laughs> A cd into the computer that he could turn it off because then the, the movie's also just kind of like boring it's like <laughs> after a while it's just like it's just dumb stuff and you're like this is a sequel to the lawnmower man and i'm really bored that's that's the thing for me with the lawnmower man i'm never really bored watching it if if i'm not yeah. if i'm not like going holy shit uh what just happened i'm coming yeah. down from going holy shit what just happened
0: <laughs> Yes, 100% agree. That is the experience of the Lawnmower Man. Like, I was enraptured in the whatever the <laughs> hell I was watching. Shout out Pierce Broston.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's too good for this movie, I think.
0: <laughs> he really is, like, putting his all into it is the thing. He's doing, like, an Oscar-worthy performance in a way where, like, he thinks he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Like, it's awesome. He's, like, really all in it. He's in a different movie as well. Like, he is acting on another set somewhere. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think this is, like, his first, like, bigger movie, too. Really? Yeah, because looking at his... Yeah, I think this might be his first, like, bigger, like, international movie. Or, like, American movie. With, like, a... uh higher budget in box office because after lawnmower man the next year did mrs doubtfire and then two years later mm. he did uh goldeneye
0: yeah and then eventually we get him in Mamma mia bless his heart <laughs> love mama mia yeah i'm like scrolling through his filmography we get like one thing from him or like a couple things from him in the 80s but that's basically it lawnmower man really is the kickstart here. <laughs> What a thing to have kickstart your career. <laughs> yeah. He has to think about it all the time, right?
1: <laughs> that's something I always wonder, and like that's that's a fascination I have with uh meeting like actors and stuff is because I watch like bad movies from the eighties and nineties so often. Like I've seen those early movies that those actors want to forget. Like mm-hmm. what if I if I was in a situation where I was. Like sitting next to Pierce Brosnan on like a flight or something, I was like, "Hey man, I love you in Lawnmower Man." Would he be more taken aback by the fact that I mentioned Lawnmower Man to him, or would he be like pissed that I brought up this movie that uh, is not a good memory for him (laughs) or something?
0: Or would he just be shocked that, like, that is your association here? Yeah, that one, like,
1: (laughs) I I was James Bond, I was in Mamma Mia, you know, you know me from Lawnmower Man? Really? (laughs) Lawnmower Man, that's the
0: one? (laughs) God. Well, Jory, thank you so much for being on the show. This was delightful to talk about.
1: Thank you for having me. (laughs) Glad to be here. Glad to subject people to uh, this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone go subject your friends to Lawnmower Man. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug? Any social media or upcoming stuff?
1: Uh, You can find me on any website where uh, I'm cool with people following me on. As know, I'm Jory. On blue sky, I'm jory.zone. That's where I have tweets. You can sometimes see pictures of my dog. That's that's where I've got the jewelry stuff going on. Uh, my podcast, We Are Watching One Piece, where every week I uh, talk about the latest episode of One Piece. It used to be uh, I I would watch One Piece and talk about it with someone who's caught up, but as of July, I'm caught up. So we had to shift the format a little bit since I uh, <laughs> ran out of episodes. And on episodes where there's not hey. a week, we usually talk about one Piece adjacent stuff. Uh, like, they've got, like... They do the cool... Like, the most recent one we recorded was... Uh, there's a break week, so we, we've been ta- filling those with their, like, cover stories. Which, One Piece does a cool thing uh, every so often where they'll explain stuff that's happening in the rest of the world through... Uh, the cover of each chapter will just have, like, a picture. And every, for, for, like, the next few weeks, like, the each cha- like chapter cover will be a continuation of that. And they'll be, like... 10 20 pages ex- just showing like hey what's this character we haven't seen in a while been up to and it's a f- fun little world building thing he us talk about what if uh one piece characters were muppets uh who would play who <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good time oh um, perfect <laughs> that's uh that's all i got to plug at the moment
0: sweet well thank you so much uh i'm emma as y'all know as always you can find me on twitter at emmatsca that's e-m-a-t-s-c-a you can find the show at Unselect Pod. Unnatural selection is a part of the moonshot podcast network uh and the music for this show was composed by jake loringer you can check out more of his stuff at amaranthine.bandcamp.com and as always let us make your movie Sometimes the director is wrong. Let us make your movie.
1: actual play podcast that steals what does that mean that means that we take stories from corporations and come back and tell our own fanfic inspired actual plays with them we do things like a star wars podcast that takes place 300 years after the last jedi what if any zoids media was good we tell stories in those spaces that are better than the ones that the corporations tell us because we're not fucking cowards Please come join us at Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends to hear a plethora of wonderful stories every once in a while on the Moonshot Podcast Network, Riley Hopkins and their amazing friends. Hosted by me, Riley
0: Hopkins.